Guitarathon is the greatest guitar sale on earth, and it's happening now. Get massive savings on a huge selection of electric and acoustic guitars, basses, amps, pedals, and other accessories. Get select Ernie Ball strings, three for ten. Save $100 on a Fender Special Edition Strat, or get a Yamaha Acoustic for just $199. Plus, get special financing on select major brands. Don't miss these incredible deals. Available online and in-store, now through November 1st. Guitarathon, only at Guitar Center. Find your sound. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets. Your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Charlotte Hornets news and analysis in your podcast feed every day whenever you need it on this beautiful Thursday morning in Uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. David, I'm mad. Uh oh, I thought you said it was beautiful. Well, it's a, yeah, it's a it's beautiful weather, yeah. but okay. but you know what's not beautiful? Actually, it is beautiful if you love basketball, but it's the way. Uh. The Cavs are playing in the NBA playoffs. Yes, it's be- uh, yes, it's beautiful, David, but it, it's such an affront to the regular season where they were falling apart as the season was winding down. Oh, you knew that wasn't a real thing. It's Come just on. they play such a hilariously different level of basketball in the playoffs than they do in the regular season. It's almost insulting they took apart the raptors for a second straight game yeah demar derozan couldn't do anything lebron james scores 39 again a a second huge scoring output from lebron james who's played over fifty thousand minutes at this point are you blaming the Cavs, or are you are you gonna put some blame on the raptors because you know the, the raptors may have something to say about that well, I'll tell you what, Serge Ibaka had a good shooting night, 7-14 from the field, but I thought at times, and he's the guy that they brought in to sort of be the, I don't know if Cavs killer necessarily, but they brought him in for toughness to help, and I thought he had no idea what he was doing out there at, at times. Uh, he was like me in the breakfast cereal aisle. I just I have no idea what to do in the breakfast cereal aisle. <laughs> well, I mean, Doug, this is all goes back to you know one simple truth. I think, uh, sadly, for those of us that cheer for teams or have interest in the teams in the East, listen, man, as long as LeBron's around, you know, I, I just think everyone else is just kind of biding their time. You know what I mean? Right. And another point is, like, do I treat myself to a classic mm. sugary breakfast cereal or do mm, I try I to see. remain healthy and go like with one of these oat flax cereals uh, that really have only one goal, which is to to make you secretly fart at work? That's like the only they advertise it on the box. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen those. <laughs> Stay away from the sugars, though, man. <laughs> All right, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Head over to iTunes, search Locked On, and find podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, golf, fantasy sports. It's the fastest-growing podcast network in the world. Today, we are recapping the season of Marvin Williams, signed in the offseason to a four-year, $54 million contract. Um, Why did the Hornets make Marvin Williams an offseason priority in the first place, David? Well, he was such an important piece for the team the prior year. I mean, his three-point shooting was career high, right? He was a big part of that turnaround for the Hornets. Uh, and also, as Steve Clifford has said many times and continue, continued to say last year, was 
a big part of their defense. You know, he talks about Marvin as the team's best defender several times. Um, we saw that as a, a lot of being, you know, the best team defender out there. Certainly uh, a guy that captains that defense in that first unit and even plays with the second units. But especially two years ago, he did so many things outside of his uh, great three-point shooting, which was rebounding. And they ask him to do a lot, especially when they lose time with guys uh, up front, right? They ask him to guard a lot of different people. So you might see Marvin Williams guard uh, Dwight Howard. You might see him guard um lebron that wouldn't be good but you might see it so i mean uh, a valuable piece to the team and had a career year and so they had to make a couple of those choices right um so they and i think they prioritized uh, nick and marvin last offseason and i i certainly understand that and i think that they saw value in the whole of this starting four and they didn't know what they were necessarily going to do with that starting five position but i think they saw value in the kimba nick MKG Marvin mm-hmm. Williams core and they wanted to bring that back and I certainly understand that but in the offseason I was concerned about giving a big four-year deal to someone going in to his 12th season and he had a sort of typical contract type of year you're going in for a new deal and you you hit some career highs and and that concerned me and I think some of those concerns uh bared themselves out in in the regular season um, but you mentioned his defense David and his defense actually got uh, better in some areas he was better at guarding the spot up uh, some of his pick and roll defense suffered a little bit but he was still captaining that defense and still rebounding at a tremendous rate started the year off really slow and then picked it up after March um, after March 1 he had eight of his 11 double doubles really I thought honestly looked just physically better you know, in yeah. terms of his leaping ability, in terms of his ability to get to the basket and finish, I thought he did a much better job after the All-Star break than he did before the All-Star break. But by that time, the Hornets were trying to dig themselves out of a hole. And they certainly could have used that Marvin Williams early on in the season. Yeah, and if you look back to that 2015 season, Doug, you know, he started off about the same. So, like, for the first 20 games of 2015, just 38% from three, which actually you would have taken most of yeah, uh, uh, this season. A little dip for the next 20 games, 37%. Whereas this season kicked it up a notch, went 41% from three in those second 20 games. But the problem was he did not have the second half of the season that he did the prior year. Uh, during the next, uh, during those 41 to 60 games, 42%, and then to round out the season, 43% from three two years ago, whereas this season uh, was down at 32% and 35% to round out the season. So you didn't see that kick at the end like you did the year before. And, uh, you know, as you can attest to watching these Hornets games, they needed all three pointers they could get. That's true. I think on, it's on, on most nights. That's true. I think it's interesting, David, that as he enters his 13th season in the league, that over the past five seasons, he's seen an increase in minutes, 23.7 minutes per game in uh, 2012, 25 in 2013, 26 in 2014, 28.9 in his second year in Charlotte, and then uh, last season, 30.2. That's yeah. That's a trend you, and I, and I thought, I sort of said, okay, that's fine, sign him, but maybe, hopefully, his role would not have to be as significant as it was last season. He wouldn't have to take as many attempts last season because I just didn't think that production was sustainable. And it wasn't. I mean, he shot 40% from three last season, shot 35%. And this isn't, I really, I really don't think that Marvin Williams necessarily had a disappointing season. 
I just think that he came back down to earth. I mean, he averaged yeah. uh, two seasons ago, he averaged 35.8%. The year before that, 35.9%. So it was a little dip from that. But it, I think to expect him to shoot 40% for a second straight year was ridiculous. Yeah, and like I said, you know, it was really that second half of the year where he where he really played well. I mean, you mentioned the minutes. I mean, what's interesting, the last three years, he's been pretty durable, right? I mean, only missed five games this season. Uh, played in 81 a season ago and 78 the year before that. So, I mean, with his age and as long as he's been in the league, he's, he's doing a good job of at least keeping himself in game shape uh, and, uh, you know, off the injury list. And, you know, if you look at the stats, I mean, points and rebounds for this year, were basically identical from a from a year ago. It's just that the, the percentages were down. That's and, a trend we uh, saw like with a, Nick Batum yeah. as well. That yeah. the production I mean, was the and and I think a lot of that David too had to do with how much of a burden the offense that the that the starting unit had to take. Yeah, because you mentioned the thirty minutes a game, right? I mean, that's a, that's a few more than you'd like him to play, especially uh, you know coming off last year when he didn't play as many. So I want to dig into some of these offensive numbers for Marvin Williams. Uh, points per possession on spot-up plays in 2015-2016 uh, last season, or the season before, 1.12. That was excellent, and second only to Kimball Walker on the team uh, this past season, 0.97, and that was fifth to Kimball Walker, Nick Batum, Marco Bellinelli, and even uh, Jeremy Lamb was a slight tick higher. Uh, the no-dribble jumpers, uh, 67th percentile on those. He averaged 34.8% on those no dribble jumpers. So, you know, he wasn't as trustworthy this season when the ball uh, rotated and, and found his way. Now, he did make up for it, I think, on uh, this runner that, that he's always had and, and just yeah. getting to the basket and getting fouled because he did, I think, struggle to finish around the rim. It's something we started to see in the playoffs against uh, Miami. And, and it was a trend that continued into the season. His pick-and-pop game, uh, when you compare it to the season before, is actually it was actually really good, 1.25 on that pick-and-pop play. And on those roll man plays, it accounted for 39.3%. Uh, versus when he slipped the pick, that was nearly half the time on those pick-and-roll roll man plays. He was below average when he slipped the pick. 23rd percentile, only .77% points per possession on those and he shot 35.4% when he slipped the pick and that was either you know slipping the pick and um, you know maybe taking slipping the pick and then uh, flaring out to the wing and taking a jump shot or taking it to the basket and and both of those things he did not do particularly well so I think part I think that's that's sort of where his offense he especially early in the season I thought he struggled to really find anything outside of shooting that could contribute to his offense and it, and it hurt his, his uh, production overall. Yeah. Um, you know, we often talk about some of these younger guys as trade pieces, but I, yeah, I still think Marvin has value out there, not advocating for any trades here, but I, I'm just curious to get your thoughts as we go into the soft season. You know, you got three more years on this contract, 13, 14, and 15. Uh, to round out the duration of this contract, that's millions. That's in millions. I mean, do you One think? Million. And, and you know, it, it, according to the Hornets, there were other suitors out there for him last year, and he took a quote-unquote discount to remain in Charlotte. So, I mean, I don't think anybody on the team, probably outside of Kimba, is untouchable. But um, you know, that I think the contract would be maybe a tough one to swallow for some teams. But 
it's interesting well, it's that we didn't hear more around it. Well, yeah, but I think it like on around a the down trade deadline, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I think a stretch four who can provide defense, you know, is still going to be someone of value. Mm-hmm. I think um, was it Adi Adi Joseph, our friend Adi Joseph, that kind of floated out uh, Enos Cantor for Marvin Williams trade around the time the the Thunder were rounding out their playoff run. So I mean, you know, you never know what could happen, but. Um, I think that's like a trade deadline deal or maybe a draft deal that, you know, you sometimes see those things go out. But I, I think the Hornets, Clifford raves about him, right? So it would have to be something that would make the Hornets significantly better on offense, I think. Well, you have to understand, too, that he's a guy that fits the mold of a personality that this team really likes. I mean, it, yeah. you know, it's great. It's He has some of that intangible locker room quality that the Hornets really like, and I think that was part of the reason they brought him back as well. They wanted – you know, they valued continuity, and they got mm-hmm. that with Marvin Williams. They just didn't get the continuity in terms of his efficiency shooting or uh, around the basket as well. But they did get some improvements in defense, and they certainly got some really good rebounding games from Marvin Williams, especially late yeah. in the season. So all I'm saying is, you know, like a lot of players this season for the Charlotte Hornets and like the Charlotte Hornets season in general, there was some good, there yeah. was some bad. I think the, the the deal was understandable in the context of the time, but I think they they certainly will have to re. I think they the one thing that I think they're going to have to reevaluate is is how many minutes they're playing Marvin Williams, and a lot of that will depend on the development of Frank Kaminsky, um, and, and and how many shots Marvin Williams gets, especially early on. He was aggressive early on, and and I thought that um, it it worked for a while when they were eight and three, and then as the you know, as the team started to slip, uh, that production from Marvin Williams started to slip as well. So those are some things uh, that I think they have to look at. He did have, David, one of the best dunks of the year, not for the Charlotte Hornets, but maybe in the entire NBA against the Orlando Magic and and former Bobcat and Hornet, Bismack Biombo. Mm. Tasty old man yam. Got it in transition. It was reminiscent of... 2015-16, when he got one of these off against Carl Landry of then the Philadelphia 76ers, it was around the same point of the season, too. He just sort of comes alive in March and April, um, and that one was in the half court, but still just as strong, put Carl Landry down. Uh, I don't know. Do you remember that play, David? The Carl Landry dunk. I'm searching my memory back. Is that this year? No, that was two seasons oh, ago. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, then, then I was looking for this year. No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, was, let me tell you, it was brilliant. And, um, yeah, very reminiscent. You know, he gets a lot of these, I think, on that. And it, this is how he got the Carl Landry one with uh, staying in the short corner and then right. his man starts to look, you know, towards the ball comes strong side, comes his way. And his man starts to look and he sort of fakes as he's going to flare out to the three-point line and gets his man moving and then shoots, you know, uh, darts back door. And he's gotten some pretty powerful jams. And there was one, oh, who was it against? Maybe Atlanta or Sacramento this season. I should have looked this one up, uh, that he came from the three-point line again. And you remember he – I didn't know if he was going to make it. It was like that that uh, classic yeah. Simpsons cartoon where Homer uh, glides across the canyon on on the skateboard. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it. I didn't know if he was gonna make it, 
but he did. It's it's pretty amazing, it. man. And you mentioned you mentioned like the locker room presence, and you also mentioned Frank Kaminsky. And we heard Frank, you know, uh, talk about Marvin and and um, learning from him, right? Like Marvin knows everything about the opposing uh, team they're playing, the matchups. Like he, he's just he's a he's a seasoned vet, right? And so I do think that does help. I mean, you did see some improvement from Frank. I think especially if we see any uptick on defense from Frank, just like learning from Marvin how to anticipate things, how to study, um, and how to be ready for the games. I mean, that could be beneficial, but fact of the matter is, you know, it's going to be tough for this team to make a ton of changes. It's likely they're going to need more from Marvin next year, right? Or at least they're going to be asking for about the same amount. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. Uh, and I think, you know, it's... it's. And what do you do? <sighs> what I mean, do you do? What do you do? You, you, you got to figure out a way to, to get those minutes down, and maybe Frank can help you with that, and we'll see what happens in the draft, but you know, have him asking Marvin to play 30 minutes and asking him to do some of the things they already do and, and on defense and on the boards. Um, it, it, gosh, I mean, a guy that's played that long, I mean, you, you just can't, you can't go forever. Well, we hope, uh, and I know that uh, Charlotte Hornets fans out there hope that year 13 is not unlucky year number 13 mm-hmm. for Marvin Williams. Let's, uh, let's end on the call. Of that Orlando Magic, uh, the dunk against Bismack Biombo, because it was one of the best calls of the year by that great crew for Fox Sports Southeast. Great defense by Marvin Williams to force the bad pass. Batum. Oh, Marvin! Bring it down! <laughs> well then. Well then. Well then. R.I.P. All right, thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter, at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, give us a five-star review and help hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again next week with more player recaps. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets, go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. Like what you hear? Consider sharing this podcast with other Charlotte Hornets fans. The easiest way? Our new website, LockedOnHornets.com. There you can download the podcast, listen to our latest episodes, and check out Locked On Hornets live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m.